Shalom, this is Amet with your Parsha GYS follow-up and wrap-up for the week. I've gained more sources and wanted to make sure that I relayed some things that I also didn't get to cover, which you would think with two or three hours, how could you not cover everything? Well, this is the longest Parsha ever, so there's that. So without further ado, let's get started with the Birkat HaTorah and let's all get us some. Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, Asher barchar barnu mikol hamim, Venatan lanu et torato. Baruch atah Adonai, Noten haTorah. Amen. Amen. So, the first thing I want to jump right into is I mentioned that the Torah is the name of Hashem and that it features many uh, permutations of Hashem's name. And I did not give you the source on that. So to prevent further sourceless hatred, it comes from Zohar Mishpatim, chapter 24, section 543. This is what it says. We have learned the whole Torah is the name of Hakadosh Baruchu. And one who is occupied with it is considered to be occupied with the holy name. As the whole Torah is one holy name, a supernal name, a name incorporating other names, one who deducts one letter from it is considered causing a defect in the holy name. We learned and make no mention of the name of other gods Elohim meaning do not add or detract from the Torah as he causes a defect in the holy name and strengthens other Elohim which is other gods Rabbi Chia said the name of other Elohim refers to those occupied with foreign books not Torah neither let it be heard out of your mouth it is forbidden even to mention them, learn from them, especially an explanation on the Torah. Now, obviously, foreign books like How to Cook Dinner or Parenting or anything of uh, good fruitfulness, uh, that's not what that's talking about. But obviously, like things of the Quran or any of the Hindu type uh religious type books or any of that you know like getting into foreign worship is basically the prohibition here so um just wanted to make sure everyone knew that and um also just to kind of reiterate on the uh the tra the passage with the sota the sota and shatut and tiste um those are all um permutations of sota the word itself like replacing the samic for a scene or a sheen and um, the tet for tav and what have you so you can look at just the word sota itself and and gain some permutations but they all literally center around folly and we talked about how confession and teshuva and really using the time that we have with our lives, turning to Hashem, the whole meaning of the number nine 
you know, so using time as drawing near to Hashem. So, um, just wanted to kind of follow up on that as well. The next thing that I wanted to follow up on is, um, well, I really can't call it following up on, much more so is uh, bringing this up. It seems to be quite the topic because really the length in this Torah portion comes from repeating the same paragraphs and letters and words 12 times. And it's the section of the offerings, which we know happen in chapter 7. And so, um, if you look at that section, it's all the different uh, princes of the tribes. And these are called installation offerings. So, this is the first 12 days of the Mishkan being set up. And it's during Parashah Shemini as well as on into further time. The Sleek Out of the Commentary this week, especially in the Targum Uncolos, wants to make sure that we know that the Torah is not a chronological work or a person. It's outside of time. It's outside of space. Adding this in from the Kehot Humash Hasidic Insights, talking about the tablets. Um, if you go all the way back to Parsha Taruma talking about the different furnishings and how the tablets being in the ark are beyond time and space. So that is the Torah. The Torah is not chronological by any means. So trying to follow that out and see how that all works. It's um, something that you probably want to refrain from doing because it'll be a headache among many other things. But anyway, so we're back to Parsha Shemini and this week's Parsha because the first Nasi, which is the prince of the tribe, to bring his offering is Nakshon. Go figure. Nakshon is also the first one, according to the Midrashim, that went into the Yom Suf before it parted. And it was in his merit that the Yom Suf parted. But then we know it was in the merit of the bones of Yosef. Then we know it was in the merit of, well, what not so much the merit, but so much as Hashem coming forth and being manifest in the sea saw and fled kind of thing so which one is it the answer is yes so if you can understand the yes and that uh, comment that has just been made then welcome to thinking with a Jewish mind so but anyway so this is happening this is going on so just breaking this down real quick I wasn't even I wasn't even um, planning to go over this section, but because there's been a lot of questions about it and a lot of interest in it, I wanted to take the time to do it. So, um, but I want to open up with uh, Dr. Sakal dropping this down here, one of our local Avengers. He just um, randomly texted me this, and we know it's not random, but it's like he was checking on my studies or something, connected by Bluetooth. <clears throat> he uh, just got a Zohar, and so Mazal Tov to him, Berkashem. He has been diligent in his studies. He has been going through Prashat, Ramez, and Drosh, and now he's apparently on the Sod level. So Mazal Tov again, Berkashem. 
I bring that up to say that you don't just go out and get a Zohar. This is not a guy that just went out and got a Zohar. This is a guy who studies. He's around people who study. And, you know, quite frankly, he can hold his own. So there's that. Bergeson. So um, he brings this down from the Zohar. And I share this with you because I think you, as the listener, will be able to glean from this. So with careful guidance, here we go. He starts off with Bami Bar 711. And God said to Moshe, they shall offer their offering. Each prince on his day, which is in Hebrew, in his day is Leon, for indicating or for dedicating of the altar. Okay, so each Nasi shall bring his Corbin Leon in his day. So, naturally, Leon. What does that mean? Because literally, it translates to the day, not in his day. So then it says, each prince on his on each day. These are the higher days that were inaugurated to be blessed in 12 directions that spread out. Each rectified at the hands of those reflecting them below. Okay. So there's this whole idea of beyond the seven days, there's this supernal 12 days in the higher realms. So you have what's going on here in this realm with us in the lower worlds. We are reflecting back what's going on in the higher worlds. So what we're doing is causing this reaction in the in the heavenlies so what's happening is through these 12 days of offerings we're causing something to happen in the higher world so it says that we have learned that all are blessed because of the spiritual altar above together with the angels including the 12 tribes in this world and even the nations of the world are blessed from it and that kind of shows how um, the comment uh, about the destruction of the temple from Jewish literature saying had the nations known that the temple was actually to their benefit, they would have fought to keep it from being destroyed. So we already see a glimpse of that here. And um, with the princess of the tribes bringing their offerings, they're basically spreading blessing to the world, to the tribes, to the nations, you know, and things like that. So it says each prince on each day, the unusual wording hints at the 12 angels that are the vehicle for transmitting the Sephira of Malkut. Okay, so Malkut is where everything in the higher worlds becomes manifest in the lower worlds. This is why Mashiach would say, seek first the kingdom, which is Malkut of Hashemayim, and then all these things will be added unto you. So if you go at the level where everything becomes manifest from the higher worlds, Mashiach is like, just go there, you know, and, and focus on the kingdom and its righteousness. You know, the fullness of everything that Hashem does, you can find it in Malkut. So um, practically saying 
that if you're engaged in the mitzvot, if you're engaged in prayer, if you're engaged in Torah study, you're grabbing a hold of Malkut. Okay? So it says that there are 12 angels that are a vehicle for this. And it says that the day, say each prince on the day, and then the 12 angels are a vehicle for transmitting the sephirah, which is carried by these angels. 12 permutations of the holy name as well. Because, you know, the tetragrammaton, the yod and hay, the vav and hay, have 12 different arrangements that correspond to the 12 hours that are in a day, which is also an aspect of Malkut. So, again, everything is all unified and connected, so trying to separate it out is is kind of uh, something that you really want to refrain from, but also it's just kind of crazy and confusing, so you don't want to get into that. So you got the 12 days the 12 angels and the 12 permutations of Hashem's holy name. And it says that the spiritual vehicle is reflected in the 12 princes. Because you know the 12 princes come from 12 tribes and they're also happening in 12 different days in this world. So you kind of see how what's above and what's below are meeting and it all happens at the Mishkan which is a unification point of heaven and earth okay so then all this is happening each prince represents his tribe and the source of the souls of that tribe is one of the 12 permutations so you got the souls of each person representing the 12 different arrangements of Hashem's name the princes each brought down one of these higher permutations by offering by the offering that he brought at the inauguration altar okay so with each offering on each day each permutation of Hashem's holy name was brought down upon earth so we were able to partake of that so this is definitely some kind of um higher elevations and it's such a deep um, aspect to what's really going on so if you can think about the heavens being brought down to the earth that's the best framework to kind of put yourself in to what's going on so there's 12 steps to doing that because if you look at the hours of the day you're bringing all those elements from the higher world to the lower world Okay, so there's that. Then it says, if these 12 princes had not brought their offerings, the world would not have been able to stand up against the 12 princes of Yishmael. So now we got spiritual safeguarding going on. Again, thinking about Mashiach saying, seek first the Malkut, and all these things will be added to you. There's so much contained in the kingdom of Hashem that, you know, to try to walk through it all and figure it out is a headache, you know, and, and you won't be able to. And there's so much that's there. And Mashiach is like, you just need to have simple faith and trust me and attach yourself to me. Take my yoke upon you, you know, and you'll have all these things. And there are things that we do 
that don't make any sense. There's things that we don't completely understand, but yet when we do them, they provide all these benefits and safeguards and protections for us that we have no idea about. Because what's the deal with 12 princes of Yishmael? Like, what are they trying to do? You know? So here's what it says. Bereshit 25.16 says, These are the sons of Yishmael, 12 princes according to their nations. When these princes of Yisrael brought their offerings, they took the power of rulership from each of them. And this is why the text reads, One prince to one day. Also, everything that they offered corresponded to the spiritual offerings made above in order that all would be blessed by the offering that they brought. Okay, so now we got a reflection of the offerings that are brought in the heavenly Mishkan. That is represented by the 12 offerings of the 12 princes. Again, so we're bringing the heavens lower and we're making the earth elevated okay so this is all happening through the princes of the tribes it's such an incredible thing that is happening such a huge thing that's happening it's definitely beyond understanding and uh comprehension but this is the significance that the torah took to say this is the same thing but 12 different times just like hashem's name is the same thing but 12 different times you move the letters around and it's still Hashem's name, you know, so it's just four letters, you know, and it's just like, well, there's 12 ways to write those four letters. Okay, so and all of this, the powers of the rulers have been transferred to Israel. So these offerings are very, very important. Okay. So then it says that 60 male goats were among the offerings, as you can see in Bamibar 788, as it is written, 60 mighty men, which mighty men in Hebrew is Giborim, and it says 60 mighty men surround her, Song of Songs, Shir Hashirim 3.7. Then it says these are from the side of Givorah, which is the side of justice, judgment, strict judgment I might add it said that these 60 forces over here it says one spoon of 10 shekels and weight full of incense Bami bar 7 verse 80 and it says so the sephirah of Gevura is sixth from Malkut and is sweetened in all 10 of its components so go back to the Omer and how we have each week. So we got seven days going through the Omer of uh, one particular sephira. And within each sephira, there are 10 sephirot. So, you know, um, with the Omer, we only count seven out of those 10 because Chokmah Bina Veda'at are more intellectual. And from Pesach, our intellectual man was renewed and revived, but our emotional man had to catch up like our human side, animalistic drives, desires, and things like that, all of our emotions. So when you think about your 
emotional, physical makeup with your spiritual, intellectual makeup, that's all 10 sephirot. So it's the the spirit and the flesh being brought into unity. And so one aspect of that is the Gevura, the judgment side, which without Hashem's grace, which would be the Chesed, if that didn't uh, work together with the judgment to sweeten it, to bring it into the central point, which is called Teferit or beauty, which is the balancing of love and judgment being brought together, um, then we'd have a problem because who can endure the judgments of Hashem? You know, we're not perfect creatures and uh, we have to have like this intercessor. So here's the deal. It says that Gevora and all of its 10 components was sweetened by the goats. Okay, and this is the meaning of the Yom Kippur. You know, we send off the goat to Azazel. Okay, and then we have the goat to Hashem. So we send away our sins, and then the other goat is what affects the atonement. So not only are, have our sins been taken away, but now we've been purified with sin that has been taken away. So you put those two goats together, and you think about just the uh, the reflection of that and these goats here that are brought, and that it causes all aspects of judgment to be sweetened, which the intercession the intercession has now occurred through these goats. And then it says, and also by the 10 shekel weight of gold, which again, remember the gold is the divine soul of man. Okay. Like the perfect man, which would be Hashem manifest. Okay. Namely Mashiach Yeshua. So when you bring those sacrifices, when you bring in the gold, which comes from the Sephirah of of uh, Malkut, which the Malkut that is within Givorah, the fullness of Givorah manifests. So you take that, you take all the other elements, and you sweeten it, which is why the importance of Mashiach being a sin sacrifice, as well as a perfect, unblemished sacrifice, as well as being man and Hashem, you know, taking up on our sin, you know, like mashing all of that up. That's this is heavy. So mashing all of that up and because of his sacrifice, because it was brought to the crucifixion stake, which is an element of cursing, you can look at that as an aspect of Givura. So taking all of that and placing that there brought us and secured our atonement gave us new life and then followed up by his resurrection which caused us to be able to walk in that newness so we're cleared we're atoned we're devoid of our sin and now we're given newness of life to walk in with the power that comes from that so we're looking at that with the 12 aspects of what is going on here I bet no one thought all this was in that but this is just crazy. So, Baruch Hashem. And then it says, 
How joyous is the lot of the righteous ones, the Hakadosh Baruku, channels blessings. Okay, how joyous is the lot of the righteous ones, that Hakadosh Baruku channels blessings to them, hears their prayers, and of them it is written, He heeds the prayer of the destitute, he will not despise their prayer. Tehillim 102.17 If a person recounts the praise of his friend and doesn't confirm that and written, and you shall be or and you shall love Adonai your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Basically saying that when you do that, you're making sure that you don't forget the one who is beloved to you. Namely Hashem, who should be the lover of your soul. Well, he is the lover of your soul. It's just, are you willing to accept it? So... just kind of thinking about everything that we've just talked about and how crazy it is without uh, a dry erase board for one thing but looking at the fact that there are these lists of things that were offered and it was offered and recorded 12 times and how each time affected some aspect in the heavenlies. So much so that the heavenlies are brought down into the earthly world. You know, it's like being able to look at Mashiach's descent into this world in 12 different ways. You know, if you can kind of think about it like that, like... I mean, it's one act, but it's happening in 12 different ways of comprehension. But it's really all one, you know, like these things were brought forth to empower us, to equip us, to safeguard us, you know, and it's so interesting that this happens after the the Birkat Kohanim, the priestly blessing, also known as the Aaronic blessing. And... You know, it's like Hashem is setting up this picture when you really zoom out from the Torah portion about how it's the Leviim that he's taking account of for the heads of the people. And then we're going into don't trespass against Hashem or his people. And then we're talking about a Sota. And then we're talking about a Nazir. And then we're talking about a priestly blessing. And then we're talking about these offerings and then we're going back to Moshe in the tent with the voice of Hashem and so I mean it's just incredible when you look at this progression because one who seeks to devote his himself or herself to Hashem is accounted as a, la- a Levi or a Levite and then as we do that we want to make sure that we're walking in true purity and that it's not about holding a position or a status or figuring everything out so that we can have this persona or this status. And then we want to make sure that we don't divert from Hashem to the left or to the right. We don't do what a Sota does and that we can be completely balanced in that 
because that's the whole aspect of the Nazir, the Nazarite, is to restore the balance. Just like the Sota is to restore being brought back to the path. So then the priestly blessing is like this manifold uh, protection of spiritual, physical blessing. And then we're talking about, you know, what the leaders of each tribe did so that every person in Israel could be accounted for with this equipping that would be brought forth. So with all that being said, you know, we have to really make sure that we seek first the kingdom of Hashemayim, that we walk in the righteousness that Hashem has given us in his Torah. And then making sure that we receive Mashiach Yeshua, who gives us the eye opening aspect that is much needed to be able to look into his Torah with an unveiled face, to be able to behold beautiful and wondrous things in his Torah. You know, so we have to be able to, to see these things so that we can rightly, um, you know, understand and, and bring them into our lives for transformation. Because if we look at Torah all day, but our life doesn't change, then that's a problem, you know. So just this whole Torah portion of Naso, I mean, we get that picture. So may we strain and press towards the high mark because that's what we're called towards, you know, as followers of Hashem. As his Yehudim upon the earth were to be lights to the nation. And we've been equipped with that, you know, and, and the offerings of each of these tribes, you know, um, has brought that about for us so that no matter which tribe you're in, you know, it's been brought down for you so that you can receive that. And then if we're lacking one tribe, you know, we're lacking a, a valuable and crucial piece and that's the whole thing about the tribes being unified together is that we have all 12 of these aspects of the name of Hashem of the 12 supernal days, you know, and safeguarding from the 12 princes of the nations, you know, so that there is truly no power over us. And so to be able to receive that, to have judgment sweetened through these offerings, through these appeasements. Um, is incredible. So, um, the Keho Tumash on the uh, interpolated and the Hasidic insights go into further detail, which I won't <laughs> get into for the recording, but just know that that information is available and I can uh, freely share that uh, with anyone as needed. So, so hopefully this has uh, been helpful to understand the the beauty of the Torah and keeping something so plain, but having something so deep behind it. You know, it's like this revealed but concealed uh, aspect. And um, that's just what Hashem has called for with Parashah Naso. So I pray that it was a blessing for you, and I pray that it's uh, understanding and that Hashem, through his Ruach HaKodesh, will continue to counsel you into greater and deeper truths of his Torah. So what do we know? What do we know? Baruch Atah Adonai, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Asher Natan Lanu Torah Emet, Vekaye Olam Natabetokainu, Baruch Atah Adonai, Noten HaTorah, 
Amen. Amen. May you have a Shavuot Tov, a blessed Shabbat, and Shalom.